Hi and welcome. I'm Sammy and this is the Aligned AF podcast. I'm a functional health coach and exercise scientist and for the last three years have worked with clients all around the world with their PCOS, missing and irregular cycles, fertility concerns, weight loss resistance and so much more. My goal with this podcast is to share my education and own experiences with hormonal imbalance, bring on guest experts I trust to share their knowledge, and also have my clients come on and share their real-life lived experience with their hormonal imbalances, all to help you gain a better understanding of your hormones and symptoms. Hello, hello. Welcome back um, to another episode of the Aligned AF podcast. Um, today I'm actually very, I know I say this probably for most episodes, but I'm actually really excited for this episode. Um, I think this episode will be really beneficial for a lot of people to kind of work out if they are experiencing a hormonal imbalance. Um, I plan to kind of give you, you know, signs and symptoms to look out for patterns. Um, and then also understanding what a hormonal imbalance actually is. Cause that is definitely one of the questions I get the most. Um, but before I do jump into this episode, I am going to do my flip and flop because I haven't figured out um, a different word or thing for it. So uh, this week for me, my flip um, has been, I've started a new role in my full-time job. And for the first time in months, <laughs> I actually feel like my body is starting to de-stress um, from my old position. And for anyone that really experienced stress through their work, I mean, who doesn't these days? Um, it's a weird feeling to start to learn how to kind of de-stress and switch off. And I, I kind of feel like I'm being lazy in some instances, but it's, it's not, I'm going back to an appropriate amount of work. Um, so that has definitely been a flip for me. Um, a flop. Look, I really haven't had any negatives over the last week, which is, which is really nice. Um, actually, oh, Okay, kind of a flop. Um, my fiance and I, I love being able to say that. Anyone that knows me is going to laugh at me. Um, we have started looking for a house. Um, we sold our house last year. Um, and I think for anybody that listened to Fiercely Unfixed, you would have heard the process of trying to sell that and open homes and all of that good stuff. Um, so now we are in the process of actually starting to look for a new home. Um, and the first one that we found, which I know you're never going to get the first house. Um, but the first one that we found, we actually looked at it and we were like, Oh, it ticks all the boxes. This is exactly kind of what we're looking for. It had only been, um, up online for like five days. And I rang the real estate agent and she was like, I'm sorry, it's already under contract and finance goes through today. So it's pretty much a done deal. And I was like, Oh, so I think um, I will definitely be experiencing a lot more uh, disappointment when it comes to house hunting, I'm sure. Um, but that's I'm going to utilize that as my flop for this week. But I want to jump into this episode straight away because there is a lot to cover. Um, I have written notes. So some of this is going to sound a little scripty. Um, and it's just because I want to basically make sure that I'm giving you guys as much information as I can. Um, because I think this, like I said, this episode is going to be really good for people to listen to, to be able to work out, you know, do I have a potential hormone imbalance? What kind of hormone imbalance do I have? And then if you're looking at going down the route of testing, you can then pinpoint what kind of stuff you should be testing for. Um, I do want to put a disclaimer on this episode. I am not a doctor. Um, I am not a replacement for your general practitioner. I am providing information based on what I um, have studied, what I've seen with my clients. Um, and this is all just education and general information. Now that we've got that out of the way, um, I will kind of go through what is a hormone imbalance. You will hear me say a lot that with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, you can be experiencing symptoms, but that doesn't actually mean that, you know, like we're going to talk about estrogen dominance and there'll be some symptoms. And it doesn't necessarily mean that those are actually the symptoms that you will see with estrogen dominance because everyone is different. 
However, for the most part, you will see a couple of them. Um, so, and I'll get, actually, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. When I get to that, I'll explain what I mean. So let's start off with the basics. What is a hormone imbalance? So for women, our hormones fluctuate a lot from puberty to pregnancy to menopause. You can pretty much expect to be taken on an emotional and a physical roller coaster from your teen years to perimenopause, menopause, so 50, 60. Yay to us. Um, But a hormone imbalance basically means that you have too much or too little hormone in your blood. Um, But it can also be the ratio of hormones with other hormones um, which can cause an out of balance. And we'll we'll talk about that when it comes to estrogen, progesterone. Um, Sometimes it's not that you have too little or too much. It's actually that the hormones are out of ratio to each other and therefore not balancing each other out. So what are hormones? Basically, hormones are really powerful chemicals. So they, they, they kind of, they do, they do so much in the body. Um, they, they, okay. So hormones are produced by our endocrine glands. I'm trying to work out where I'm going to start with this, but they're produced by our endocrine glands. Um, some of the endocrine, endocrine system glands include adrenals, thyroid, pancreas, uh, female or re- male reproductive system. So your ovaries, Um, And basically they perform essential functions. They relay important warnings. They communicate messages throughout the body. So they are very powerful chemicals. And that's kind of where I was like trying to work out, like, where am I going to start with this? How are we going to explain what hormones are? But they do everything. They regulate everything from your appetite to metabolism, to your heart rate, sleep patterns, reproduction, mood, it's all dictated by our hormones. And so that means if our hormones aren't running smoothly and they're not all working appropriately, that's why we see so many symptoms is because they affect so much stuff. So when our hormones aren't communicating properly and your body incorrectly produces too much or too little of any hormone, this is what is known as a hormonal imbalance. Um, and it's it's funny because even the production of just one hormone in any of your endocrine glands, if one hormone is thrown off, it can actually affect all the others. So therefore you end up with like this almost like really quickly snowball effect that leaves you feeling really off, really unaligned. Um, and that is when you'll start to see symptoms of that hormonal imbalance, but basically like an example, and I'm not, I, I don't mind dealing with thyroid. Thyroid is definitely not my wheelhouse. I much prefer like female sex hormones. Um, but I'm just going to give you an example of like a thyroid. So for example, a thyroid hormone imbalance, which is very sensitive to changes in stress levels can contribute to a cortisol imbalance and a cortisol imbalance can contribute to a thyroid hormone imbalance. So Either of these imbalances can cause symptoms such as fatigue, mood changes, digestive issues, unexplained weight gain or weight loss. So since all of our hormones are so closely interrelated and often um, bidirectional in nature, the symptoms of hormone imbalance of each one can look very similar. So this is why maintaining balance in our endocrine system, which is our, our hormone system as a whole in the body, is really essential to keeping the whole system running smoothly. So, you know, our thyroid and our adrenals talk. So if one off, the next one can end up off and then so, so on and so forth. I really thought I was going to get through an episode without Mika in the background, but clearly not. Um, Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what can cause a hormone imbalance. This list could go on forever. I am just going to touch on some very quick little things because I think this is also very individualized. So genetics come into play, environment comes into play, lifestyle comes into play. Um, But so there are many things that can challenge our endocrine system, um, therefore disrupting hormone balance and function. The longer a system is out of order, the more difficult it can be to bring it back into harmony. So identifying and correcting the causes of hormonal imbalances early on will help you to maintain your health and prevent the onset of other or of chronic diseases 
um, or even like autoimmune conditions. So some of the most common underlying causes of hormonal imbalances um, include underactive or an overactive thyroid. This can come from stress. Um, This can be a little genetic in nature as well. Um, But if our thyroid is definitely off due to stress, undereating, overtraining, stuff like that, that can definitely set off a cascade of issues. Um, Chronic stress is an underlying cause. Uh, Diabetes, so blood glucose control, uh, birth control, or any other kind of like hormonal replacement can definitely um, be an underlying cause for hormonal imbalances. Poor diet is probably like number one. Um, exposure to endocrine disruptors. So think like plastics, chemicals in our skincare, um, shampoos, conditioners, stuff like that. Um, I normally see a combination of poor diet and not, it's not always a poor diet. Um, but I normally see the combination of a diet that's high in sugar or caffeine or processed foods sometimes birth control, um, not drinking enough water, overtraining, not recovering enough, stressed with no release. Um, what else? I don't know if I said overtraining, but yeah, like training is stressful on the system. You're not allowing your body to recover. Um, they're all kind of what can cause it, but I don't ever really find that it's only one. It is normally a compaction of several different things that then cause the issue. So, you know, undersleeping, undereating, overtraining, stressed. So it might be that four combo, or it might be overstressed, uh, eating a high processed food diet, birth control, and using heaps of makeup products and body washes that that have all of these endocrine disruptors in it, that's then causing some issues. So it's not one or the other, it's normally several. So some common symptoms that, so this is kind of going to go into like understanding a collection of symptoms. And I normally say like, if you have some of these symptoms, you have a hormonal imbalance, and then that's when you would kind of do a deeper dive. So some of the common symptoms that are seen together that can help you recognize an imbalance is fatigue. Fatigue is massive. So we're looking at energy levels throughout the day. Um, Do you wake up in the morning and you're instantly tired or do you wake up really well and you crash in the afternoon or do you just feel debilitating fatigue throughout the whole day? Insomnia, so you can't get to sleep or when you do go to sleep, your mind is racing. You wake up during the night. uh, You can't seem to get any more than five or six hours of sleep. Uh, Weight loss or weight gain. If you've got weight that just will not budge and you can't drop weight or if you are dropping weight too easily um, and you're getting to that end where you're just like, I'm trying to put weight on and I can't, that is also definitely a sign of hormonal imbalance. Um, mood swings. So PMS, um, you're irritable, you're, yeah, you're easily irritated, uh, digestive issues. So bloating, gas, um, what else? Constipated, diarrhea, Uh, I kind of touched on this, but like PMS symptoms. So cramping, um, really heavy cycles, irregular cycles, low sex drive. Um, trying to think there's, there's, there's a lot, um, joint pain, swelling. Um, so people I know, especially people that suffer from like PCOS, androgen cortisol issues, you'll see water retention, um, So all of those symptoms. And if you see a combination of these symptoms, that's when I'm kind of like, you have a hormonal imbalance. Now let's figure out what it could be. Um, So if you do have like, I normally say anywhere from three to five of those symptoms that I've just mentioned, you have a hormonal imbalance. It does not mean that it is a super hard case that you've got to, you know, do the whole nine yards. It could just mean that you just need to actually focus on some of the basics. So go through, I I have um, a previous podcast where I talk about like what are kind of the auditing areas for a hormonal imbalance. Look at your sleep, your recovery, your 
training? Are you de-stressing? Are you drinking whole, drinking whole foods? Oh my God. Are you eating whole foods? Are you drinking enough water? Go back to all of your basics. And if you kind of look at those and you're like, I'm doing all the right things, that's when, you know, like, or if you're struggling to do the right things, that's when I would involve a coach in this because that's where a coach can kind of start to go, yes, you have all these symptoms. Now let's actually work out what it potentially is. So that's going to lead me into the main section of this podcast, which is talking about the different types of hormonal imbalances that I tend to see. Um, I'm going to be talking about estrogen dominance. So talking about um, symptoms of like excess estrogen, there is also low estrogen as well. I'm not going to touch, I might touch on it very briefly, but I'm not going to go into too much detail um, because I do tend to see excess estrogen. Um, PCOS, I'm going to go into hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is where we lose our cycle, hypo, hyperthyroidism and Hashimoto's. And the last one is adrenal insufficiency and adrenal excess. So talking about cortisol. So my favorite is estrogen uh, dominance. I personally have issues with estrogen. I have had estrogen dominance now for a while. Um, I see this a lot. Um, so this is definitely probably one of the, one of the, the things I see the most with clients, especially, well, obviously women. Um, I pretty much only work with women and estrogen dominance is where either you are producing too much estrogen and not enough progesterone, or you are making progesterone, but your estrogen is out of balance to your progesterone. And so the ratios are out. Um, I plan to do a whole podcast on estrogen dominance and talking about like the detox pathways. This is a massive passion of mine, Um, but that is for another day. So let's just break this down and kind of put it, let's just put it in some basic terms. So estrogen is a female sex hormone that's produced by the endocrine system and its main role is promoting growth. So it's needed particularly during puberty and pregnancy and is involved in our menstrual cycle, supporting bone strength and maintaining normal cholesterol levels. So there are many factors that can contribute to estrogen dominance, including insulin and cortisol imbalance. So these two hormones are involved with stress responses and blood sugar levels in the body. If they become imbalanced, they can affect our hormones in the body, sorry, other hormones in the body, um, in particular, our ovarian, thyroid, progesterone, testosterone, and sleep hormones, um, and they disrupt how they work. Um, The contraceptive pill and hormone replacement therapy. So the pill regulates your hormones by stopping ovulation. However, if you do not ovulate, you do not produce progesterone, which then can lead to higher levels of estrogen. So this is the ratio that I was talking about. Um, HRT or hormone replacement therapy provides high levels of synthetic estrogen, which the body, um, it finds it harder to get rid of than natural hormones. So again, you end up with these elevated estrogen levels that are out of balance from progesterone, which is kind of like a yin and yang. thing. Poor liver function. So the liver detoxifies estrogen. It's then eliminated through the bowel. So if our livers aren't functioning properly and we're not detoxing appropriately, um, we're not eliminating the estrogen and it can lead to a buildup. So it actually recirculates back into our blood system when you are not detoxing and packaging up the estrogen correctly. Um, this can also happen if you are somebody who is constipated. Basically what happens is, is that your stools aren't moving through the system fast enough, which then allows time for estrogen to kind of unpackage, especially if there's an enzyme there that helps it and it recirculates back into the bloodstream, which then can cause, um, too much. So I always say, if you think about like a cup, and you've got estrogen and estrogen might only come to like a quarter of where the cup is. Then all of a sudden your body starts to make a little bit more. So all of a sudden we're at half a cup of estrogen. Now at the same time, your body is detoxing estrogen out of the system via 
several pathways and then you eliminate it within your stool. If you are constipated and you have an enzyme, um, beta-glucuronidase, high levels of it, your body will actually unpackage the estrogen that your body has bound up when it's trying to eliminate it and it will recirculate back up. So that means that your body has already started making more estrogen. So we're up to half a cup of estrogen, but now we're also recycling old estrogen, which means that your cup is going to move up and up and up. And eventually you get to a whole cup and the estrogen starts to overflow. So I like that little analogy because it kind of gives you a visual of what actually happens when we're not detoxifying our estrogen properly and getting rid of it. Um, So another factor that contributes to estrogen dominance is when we gain weight and we have more body fat, our fat cells can make estrogen. So the more body fat that we store, the more our estrogen levels can increase. Um, Poor diet. So our body requires B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, omegas, and protein to effectively metabolize estrogen. If your diet is lacking in these vitamins and minerals, then estrogen levels can increase. Um, genetics also play a role. So women may find that they produce excess estrogen and they do not suffer with any negative symptoms. I know that on lab work, I still look very high with estrogen, but I don't really have any negative symptoms from it. Um, while others do struggle significantly with higher levels. So this comes down to how we potentially metabolize down our three different pathways for estrogen metabolism and comes down to genetics. Um, And then the last one is chemical estrogen. So BPA, pesticides, beauty products that are either ingested or absorbed through the skin can mimic our body's own estrogen, causing levels to increase. So that's kind of all the stuff. There are other things, but they're kind of the main factors that contribute or can cause estrogen dominance. So if you're kind of going like, what is the root cause or like, why is my body doing this? This can potentially be some of those reasons. Um, Now, the other thing is our effects, the effects of like low progesterone. So Progesterone is especially important during our childbearing years. Um, If you don't produce enough progesterone, you may have trouble getting or staying pregnant. Um, Progesterone is secreted after ovulation. So during the second half of our menstrual cycle, it helps our uterus to thicken it. And um, yeah, it helps the uterus to thicken and it um, allows it to be ready to receive a fertilized egg. If the uterus is not thick enough, the egg won't implant. So low progesterone can cause irregular or absent menstrual cycles. It can cause mood changes, particularly like anxiety and depression, Um, hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness, headaches, migraines. um, And this is all for women who aren't pregnant. So low progesterone, like, and you'll, you'll, some people will be sitting there and they'll be like, oh, like I get hot flashes. I get night sweats. I get vaginal dryness. um, And I've got, you know, high estrogen, it could be that your progesterone, you're just not creating enough progesterone. And so you are experiencing symptoms of low progesterone, and then you're also getting the symptoms of high estrogen. So that's where it's kind of like sometimes symptoms bleed across is because you actually have two things going on and you're experiencing symptoms from both. Um, so if we... I'm not, I was going to talk a little bit about pregnant women needing progesterone, but basically like pregnant women need progesterone to maintain their uterus until the baby is born. Um, and if progesterone levels are too low, this is where the uterus may not be able to carry the baby to term. Um, so progesterone is extremely important for women, both in pregnancy and both in just a regular cycle where you don't get pregnant. Um, it's normal to have lower progesterone levels postmenopausal. That's completely normal. Um, but in your childbearing or your, um, reproductive years, you should have a healthy amount of progesterone from ovulating. And if you're not ovulating, you're not making progesterone, which then can cause estrogen dominance as well. So what are some of the symptoms of estrogen excess? Um, breast tenderness, fibrocystic lumps in your breast, bad PMS, think mood swings, heavy periods, heavy cramping, um, 
fibroids, endometriosis, acne, weight gain, fluid retention. Um, These are all symptoms of excess estrogen. Then you pair it with those symptoms of low progesterone, which, you know, are mood changes or irregular cycles, hot flashes, night sweats. So when we're looking at estrogen and progesterone, the best thing to do is if you suspect that you have this hormonal imbalance, getting testing done day, if you have a regular 26 to 32 day cycle, You want to test your estrogen and progesterone and definitely, like I always say, reach out to me, ask me questions if you want about testing. Um, You want to test those hormones uh, between day 19 and 22 of your cycle. Um, If you're doing a blood, I'm I'm not going to get into this. If you want to do testing and this is what you think that is your hormonal imbalance, reach out to me and I can give you more information about that. I will eventually do an episode on testing as well. But for this episode, we're just going to talk about symptoms so that you can, if you do have symptoms, you might be able to start to deduct what is actually going on. Okay. PCOS. This one is multifactorial. I'm going to try and do this quite quickly because I don't want this podcast to go forever. Um, But there's four different types of PCOS and then there's a few other um, hormonal things I want to touch on. So put simply, PCOS is a hormonal disorder which can cause irregular periods as well as unwanted physical symptoms. So I'm going to go through some common signs and symptoms of PCOS. PCOS is so much more in-depth than what I just said, but I'm trying to be very uh, basic and across the board with a few different things. So common signs and symptoms of PCOS include acne, oily skin and hair, excess hair growth on the face and body. So think kind of like under your chin, top of your neck, hair thinning, or you're losing lots of hair from your head, uh, weight gain or trouble losing weight, uh, darkened skin patches, irregular periods or no periods and, uh, difficulty falling pregnant. So some fertility issues. So these PCOS symptoms are caused by an imbalance of hormones, particularly high levels of androgens, which are male hormones in the body, um, such as testosterone and DHT. When these hormones are higher than they should be, this can lead to these common signs that I've just talked about, like the acne and the excess hair growth, um, as well as issues with ovulation, which then can cause like irregular periods and infertility. So... I'm going to very lightly touch on types of PCOS and then some other symptoms that you might see. So if you kind of go, oh, I tick all of these symptoms with PCOS, then you might actually start to tick some symptoms as to if you're insulin resistant or um, if you've got post-pill PCOS. So I'm very quickly kind of going to go over this. So when we look at effectively treating PCOS and reversing symptoms naturally, we do want to know what type of PCOS you're dealing with. And again, this is this whole chat is probably a whole other episode. Um, but so one of them is insulin resistance PCOS. This is kind of the most common type of PCOS. Um, and insulin does affect or insulin resistance affects a lot of people. Um, and it's basically where there are higher levels of insulin than normal in the body. And this happens when our cells become a bit numb to the effects of insulin, which causes the pancreas to pump out more and more insulin until the cells get the message. So in this type of PCOS, you may be struggling with your weight, holding weight around the stomach or abdomen, have sugar cravings, as well as symptoms like fatigue or brain fog. Um, It's high levels of insulin that actually drive up our androgen levels, which then can cause issues like excess hair, male pattern hair loss, acne, um, all of that kind of stuff. Okay, so the next one is post-pill PCOS, and this occurs um, in some women after they stop taking the oral contraceptive pill. So in this type, symptoms that we normally see are acne, irregular periods, excess hair growth, And this is when um, you wouldn't have had these symptoms prior to being on the pill. Um, So these symptoms kind of show up when you come off the pill, because when you come off, your ovaries are basically, they want to throw a party. There's a natural surge in androgens 
um, which can then cause these symptoms of PCOS. However, um, in this type, you, you don't normally see insulin resistance, which is a good thing. Um, and normally, if you didn't have these symptoms before being on the pill, your body will naturally go back to that, but it can take three to six months. It can take longer as well. It can take less. It depends on you. Um, but this is where, you know, making sure that we have the right nutrition in place, lifestyle, supplementation, this can actually help to ensure that that post pills PCOS doesn't turn into something else or that you don't experience it for too long. Um, it normally does reverse itself. Um, it is a temporary situation. It just, it is person to person dependent on how long it actually takes to kind of allow your hormones to balance once coming off the pill. So the next one is adrenal PCOS. Um, and this type of PCOS is due to an abnormal stress response and affects around 10% of those diagnosed with PCOS. So typically our DHEAS, which is another type of androgen from our adrenal glands, will be elevated alone. And you'll also have high levels of testosterone and androstenedione are not seen. So in classical PCOS, that's where we normally see really high levels of like testosterone and other androgens. Um, however, in this, it's our DHEAS, which is um, it, it's made from the adrenal glands. And so we see high DHES, we don't really see other high androgens. And so that's how we can kind of work out that this is adrenal related PCOS. Um, the, the symptoms, you kind of will tend to get the same symptoms. I do see with this one a little bit more like anxiety and mood. Um, and it is really, um, exacerbated from doing high intensity exercise. So I tend to see that if people are doing hit um, and like a lot of exercise, they kind of tend to see a little bit more water retention because it is adrenal. And so therefore we start to see some cortisol issues as well. Um, but that one is kind of more looking at lab work. And the fourth one, so inflammatory PCOS. So in this type of PCOS, chronic inflammation causes the ovaries to make excess testosterone, resulting in physical symptoms and issues with ovulation. So signs of inflammation in this type of PCOS include headaches, joint, play, joint pain, unexplained fatigue, skin issues like eczema and bowel issues like IBS. So think diarrhea one minute, constipation the next, bloating, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so typically with this one, we'll see a raised inflammatory marker on the blood test, or there's multiple, but we do tend to see high CRP, which is C-reactive protein. Um, you do tend to see again, all the same symptoms above, but then we start to see the, like the skin issues, the joint pain, the, the skin conditions, the bowel issues. So that's where we can kind of go, okay, we do think that this is a type of PCOS and what's actually driving it is inflammation. So you deal with the inflammation, which then helps to bring down those androgen levels, which are causing those physical symptoms of excess hair or hair loss or acne or weight gain or whatever it is. So that is PCOS. Um, there's, 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 like I said, there's four types. There is a lot to it. However, those typical symptoms that I kind of went through all the common symptoms, acne, oily skin, excess hair growth, hair thinning, weight gain, or trouble losing weight. They are all signs that you potentially do have PCOS. And that is where I would then work with a coach to then determine what type of PCOS, because each treatment is very different from the other one. So the next one we are going to talk about is hypothalamic amenorrhea. Um, so first of all, what is this? So the hypothalamus, which is a gland, is responsible for producing the hormone that triggers the start of our menstrual cycle. So your hypothalamus is part of your brain. It regulates sleep, hunger, body temperature, and our menstrual cycle. Women who have hypothalamic hypothalamic amenorrhea may be severely restricting their calorie intake, 
exercising, you know, either more than two to three hours a day or seven days a week, they can be under major um, psychological stress. And it's also seen in athletes and women who have low BMI. So you might have talked to like a, like a physique competitor and they'll say, oh, I got really lean and I lost my period. This is hypothalamic, hypoth- oh my goodness, hypothalamic amenorrhea, I'm really struggling today, is basically the loss of your cycle. Um, and it's the, basically it's like the brain's way of being like, you, you either don't have enough body fat or you, you just, you're not in a healthy state to have a cycle. Like we can't, we can't put energy into having a cycle. So because the hypothalamus sits in the brain, it is basically when your brain doesn't get proper nutrients, So basically this condition is the loss of your cycle. Now, PCOS can often be misdiagnosed for this condition um, because of the undereating or the overexercising, losing your period. We do tend to see the same thing with PCOS. We either see irregular cycles or really lengthened cycle. Like you can have like a hundred, 150 day cycle. And so people think, oh, I've lost my cycle. And then it comes back and then they lose their cycle. But with HA, you lose your cycle completely. Um, and normally we then classify it as HA once you've lost your cycle for more than three months or longer. Um, so with HA, and PCOS. HA does present similar to PCOS with mild acne, excess hair growth. Um, but the main difference when it comes to PCOS versus HA is what is known as our LH FSH ratio. So in PCOS, our luteinizing hormone LH can be two to three times higher than our follicle stimulating hormone FSH when they should be at a one-to-one ratio. In HA, the opposite is true and LH can be much lower than FSH. So again, this you're probably thinking like, what are you saying to me? But this is where a coach comes in because you might go, I've lost my cycle, I have HA. And you might come and work with me and I'll be like, no, I actually think you have PCOS because we're going to get this test done and we're going to see that your LH is higher than your FSH. Whereas if it comes back and your LH is lower than your FSH, that tell us that tells us that it's HA and then we can deal with it appropriately. So in saying that, the biggest symptom that you are experiencing is missed periods or very, very light bleeding. Um, Normally it is a missed period for three months or longer, low libido, feeling cold often, depression and anxiety, difficult sleeping, increased hunger, and low energy. They're typically the ones that we see. Next is Hashimoto's hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism. So first of all, let's start with what is hypothyroidism. In short, your thyroid gland can't make enough hormones to function well. Um, So the thyroid gland controls every aspect of your body's metabolism. And in hypothyroidism, the gland's hormone production slows. So this in turn then slows our metabolism. Basically, like you kind of see almost like a down-regulated system like everything slows down and I'll kind of get into symptoms in a second um but this is hypothyroidism is extremely common um it affects a lot of people and they don't even realize and the other thing is that the testing for it just isn't there because you can't see this in just testing TSH um you you've got to test T4 and T3 and you know you need to see the whole picture So then flipping over to hyperthyroidism, this occurs when the body makes too much of our thyroid hormones, T4 and T3. So it becomes overactive. So I'll get into symptoms of that, but 
Now, let's do symptoms now. So if you have hyperthyroidism, hyper, the overactive, you can experience things such as like a fast heartbeat, increased appetite, anxiety, like everything upregulates, whereas hyperthyroidism, everything downregulates. So with hypothyroidism, you will normally see a slowed metabolism. So it's harder to lose weight. You feel more tired. You can gain weight. Um, like it, it basically is like having that underactive thyroid decreases or slow down, slows down our bodily functions, whereas hyperthyroidism speeds everything up. So the most common difference between the two different types of um, thyroid-related issues or diseases is the decrease or the increase in hormones. So if you have hypothyroidism, slow, you tend to see more tiredness sensitivity, cold, constipation, because the body is slowing. So our bowel movements aren't going to be as quick. So constipation, dry skin, weight gain. Um, We can sometimes see water retention in the face, um, hoarse voice and coarse hair or skin. And in hyperthyroidism, everything is upregulated. So we tend to see more nervousness, anxiety, irritability, hyperactivity. You can find it hard to stay still because you've got like a lot of nervous energy, Uh, mood swings, difficulty sleeping. You can still feel tired a lot on hyperthyroidism. And that's why it's very hard to kind of go, well, you can't just use that one symptom to kind of work out what might be going on because also fatigue is across the board with um, hormonal imbalances. But uh, you'll also have like a sensitivity to heat muscle weakness, um, diarrhea. So these are all symptoms that you might see. Again, everybody is different. I just thought I would throw that disclaimer in again. Um, But you can kind of see like if it's overactive, we have um, everything is up. And if you're hypo, everything is down. Then we come into the autoimmune condition, which is Hashimoto's. Um, And it's common cause is hypothyroidism. So our underactive thyroid, um, the immune system with, with Hashimoto's, basically your thyroid has been underactive for a very long time, or it just continues to get less and less and less active. And then the immune system cells attack the thyroid gland causing inflammation. And in some cases, eventual like destruction of the gland, like it just reduces the thyroid's ability to make hormones. And so Hashimoto's is that next level. It is an autoimmune condition. Um, and the you will kind of see similar symptoms to hypothyroidism, but you will see a few more. So fatigue and sluggishness, increased sensitivity to cold, increased sleepiness, dry skin, constipation, muscle weakness, Then we start to see the inflammatory stuff. So muscle aches, tenderness, stiffness, joint pain and stiffness. Uh, We start to see it affect our menstrual cycle. So irregular or excessive menstrual bleeding, depressions. We start to see cognitive issues like with memory and concentration. Um, Your thyroid might swell. So the front of your neck will look like more puffy puffy face, hair loss. We, we tend to see a lot more symptoms with Hashimoto's, but again, testing is very, very important when it comes to thyroid and getting a full thyroid panel with antibodies is the best way to really make sure that you are working out exactly what is going on with your thyroid. So the last one is cortisol related, and we are looking at adrenal insufficiency and adrenal excess. So adrenal insufficiency occurs when the adrenal glands don't make enough of the hormone cortisol. You have two adrenal glands that are located just above the kidneys and they work with the hypothalamus, so the gland that's in the brain, and the pituitary glands, which is also in the brain. Um, and it helps basically, um, cortisol helps us to break down fats, proteins, carbohydrates in the body. It also controls blood pressure. It affects how our immune system works. It has a relationship with our blood glucose levels. Um, So cortisol is a very, very important hormone. And I think cortisol is really important. And I think a lot of people actually almost like 
demonize this this hormone because when you have too much or too little, we do see a lot of um, like fatigue, um, a lot of a lot of symptoms, and I think people it's almost like estrogen. Estrogen is also quite demonized, but it's like we actually need estrogen to function to to have a normal menstrual cycle. We don't want to have too much or too little of it. We just want to have the right balance. Cortisol is, I mean, all the hormones are really the same. It's about finding a balance. Um, but cortisol in particular is actually very, very important. So when we see adrenal insufficiency or um, a reduced amount of cortisol in the body, the symptoms that we can get are weakness, fatigue, dizziness, um, there is a disease like a when you have very, very, very low, you can end up with something called Addison's disease. Um, you'll see dark skin with that. So some of the other stuff that we see is also weight loss, fluid loss, so dehydration, a lack of appetite, muscle aches, upset stomach, vomiting, diarrhea. And we do also tend to see low blood pressure, low sugar levels and irregular cycles. So the next one is excessive cortisol. And basically that just means that our body produces a high amount of cortisol. Stress is normally kind of the thing that drives this the most, but there can be a lot of underlying issues that drive it. Um, But the symptoms that you will see with high cortisol is normally um, rapid weight gain, especially around the face, chest, abdomen, Um, in contrast to like our legs and our arms. Uh, You can look flushed around the face. You'll normally have high blood pressure, high blood glucose levels, Um, skin changes. So you'll kind of find that you probably bruise a little bit easier. You might start to see um, like blue and purple in your stretch marks, muscle weakness, mood swings, and then also normally high cortisol comes with anxiety, depression, irritability, um, because you're pumping out that, that stress hormone so much. So that is a very general and quick overview of some of the hormonal imbalances that I see most common, um, in clients that I work with and in the questions that a lot of people send me on Instagram. Um, to, I guess, finalize this episode, I, do want to come back to the disclaimer that these symptoms don't necessarily, they, you don't have to have all the symptoms. You might not even have some of these symptoms and you might have some of these imbalances. Everybody is very uniquely different and these are driven very much by lifestyle, environmental factors, genetic factors. There's a lot that goes into it. This episode is meant to be educational in nature and give you a starting point um, for where you can start to dive deeper into hormonal imbalances. The episodes that I'm creating, I guess, are kind of the episodes that I wish that I had had when I was experiencing this, because when I went through my hormonal imbalances to begin with, I was experiencing estrogen dominance. My body had stopped ovulating and had stopped making progesterone. And I could not find any information to even get me started. And that's what this podcast is meant to be about. It's meant to help you recognize that if you're listening to this, you probably think you have a hormonal imbalance, but I guess, you know, sometimes people will go and see practitioners and get some testing done and it comes back like, oh, your labs are normal or it's fine. And you sit there thinking, I have these symptoms, but I'm being told that everything is fine. So this episode is intended to give you that education to kind of validate the symptoms that you're having, that yes, there is a potential issue Um, and a potential root cause that you need to go looking for and then help you in that journey to putting the pieces together. Um, So this is definitely not intended to diagnose or treat in any nature. It is just meant to be that educational perspective on what kind of symptoms that we commonly see with these hormonal imbalances and give you that starting point in your journey or to help you work out maybe what are the next steps in your current journey. Um, So as always, my digital door is always open. Um, I find that from these episodes, a lot of people have been sending me messages, asking questions, um, working out, you know, where they should start with testing. 
my door is always open and I'm always happy to answer these questions and point you in the right direction, whether that is testing, whether I think it's coaching, whether I think it's, um, you know, conversations that you should be having with your doctor, all of that kind of stuff. I, I love having those conversations and I'm open, um, to, to anything really when it comes to this. And I'm happy to help anyone with anything as well. Um, So yeah, I hope that you have been able to take something away from this episode and put it into practice, um, or at least be able to kind of sit there and go, "Mm, I do have some of these symptoms. Maybe, maybe this is the push that I need to start looking into this. Um, because unfortunately when it comes to hormonal imbalances, once you have an imbalance, it is very hard for the body to find that rhythm again without some kind of support and or change. Um, a lot of the time we see these imbalances from people that, you know, are really stressed, they undereat, they overtrain, they might be on medication, they might not sleep, they might not eat whole food and, you know, whole food nutrition and drink enough water. So those are kind of some things that you can kind of go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to audit my habits, which is another episode of my podcast. And then, you know, look at what kind of daily stuff that I can put in place to help support this. And you then might notice a reduction in symptoms and that's fantastic. Um, But for instance, with like estrogen dominance or people that are not ovulating, it can take a very long time for the body to kind of get back into um, a ratio balance or to get your body ovulating again to make progesterone. Um, And so that's where I would suggest working with a coach to fast track that process. But again, I hope that you have been able to take something away from this and I will see you guys on the next episode of Aligned AF. So thank you for joining me and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for joining me on another episode on the Aligned AF podcast. If you're enjoying the episodes, please share and tag me on Instagram as I love to see it. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whichever streaming platform you use to make sure you don't miss an episode. Have a question? I'm always here for a chat. You'll find my Instagram handle in the show notes below. Please drop me a message. Until next time. Bye, guys.